Hi, it's Tuesday, day two of Oshkosh 2021. I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you from the grounds of AirVenture Oshkosh in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, with the UCAP Daily Episode 1033 Bravo. Today was a really busy day for me. It started out with some unexpected rain. No, no sooner did I tell you in yesterday's daily that we weren't expecting rain until later in the week than the forecast suddenly said that we were going to get storms overnight, uh, and we did. Uh, we actually got two moderately large storms during the night. We got woken up by um, EAA's uh, text messaging system, which is kind of handy. Usually it's alerting people to changes in the arrival and runway situation, but uh, when big storms come through, they will warn people about that and suddenly went off at 1.30 in the morning and told us a storm was coming in to uh, make sure that we were all tied down. The uh, I, I talked to uh, uh, Dick Nepinski, the director of communications for EAA. I asked him whether or not there was some sort of EAA volunteer who sat up all night long uh, watching the weather to send out those text messages. I was close to that. It's actually a National Weather Service person. Um, they are here at the show with an exhibit, and apparently some combination of them uh, pay attention to weather all night long, and as needed, they uh, send out these uh, alerts. And so they're the ones that are actually sending those texts. Um, they're kind of nice and handy. Uh, fortunately, it, although it rained hard a couple times during the night, it wasn't anything catastrophic like we've had sometimes in the past. The rain, though, uh, did continue into the morning, and so for the first couple hours of the day, we spent the time um, sitting underneath one of the big canopies here in Camp Bacon and uh, drinking coffee and just chatting. Um, around mid-morning, I hiked down onto the uh, airshow grounds to uh, meet up with Phil, uh, one of the uh, uh, EAA Today alumni, and uh, visited with him for a while. That was really nice. Had a really nice talk with Phil. Uh, we spent about an hour drinking coffee and uh, comparing old memories, praising friends and criticizing enemies. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was good to see Phil again. I obviously haven't seen him in two years. And uh, we used to work side by side in the newspaper office. And, and ever since leaving the newspaper, we see each other once or twice a week. So uh, it was great to get together with him. Back at uh, Camp Bacon later in the morning, uh, spent a little bit more time sitting with uh, uh, the uh, denizens of uh, Camp Bacon, uh, just chatting. And uh, by now, the weather had changed dramatically. It was pretty pretty remarkable. While I was sitting with Phil, uh, it went from totally overcast to severe clear and the sun out. Uh, so I guess it's like, like New England in that regard. If you don't like the weather at Oshkosh uh, 21, just wait a minute. Uh, we spent some time talking, and I all sat down in a quiet corner with my laptop and did a little bit of work. Uh, and then after lunch in the early afternoon, I headed back onto the grounds to meet up with uh, Charlie Becker. We've had Charlie Becker on the podcast a bunch of times over the years, um, and uh, he's a really good friend of the podcast and, uh, and a really nice guy, uh, the epitome of what EAA is all about. Um, I met him at the Home Builders headquarters. We were going to talk and we were going to you know, visit and then record some stuff for the daily. Uh, he had some errands to do, so I tagged along with him on a golf cart, um, and uh, we went, went uh, rolling around the grounds. Uh, and uh, A, if, because he's a good guy, and B, because he's wearing an EA shirt, he'd stop and chat with people and kind of share the, uh, uh, the, uh, the good spirits of, of EA people. It was fun to do it. We, uh, let's see, now, where'd we go? We uh, uh, went, drove out to home built camping. After that, we had to go over to the EA museum. Then we had to swing by the chapel at Pioneer Airport, uh, and then we ended up back at Hangar C. Um, by the time we got to Hangar C, we had accumulated some pedestrians that we offered a ride to, or Charlie offered a ride to. Um, so we gave them a lift and dropped them off at, at Hangar C. And then we finally found a patch of shade to uh, sit and talk for a little while. Um, 
you'll hear that conversation with Charlie in just a few seconds. By the way, if you ever have a chance to get a cart ride in these situations, do it. If only because the breeze that you get in the cart is just magnificent, uh, especially after you've been walking around in the heat and humid. Tuesday evening is a big deal in Camp Bacon because it's the night that Leslie, along with her husband Grant and all their helpers, make a jambalaya feast that can't be beat. Uh, it's just magnificent, and uh, it draws a big crowd, not only of Camp Bacon people, but friends from around Camp Scholar and around the EAA grounds. This year's menu was pretty typical. We had, uh, she had She made two big pots of jambalaya, which is just spectacular with sausage and, and uh, 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 there was shrimp in there and I think there was chicken in there and a lot of rice and spices and it was just terrific. It was awesome. Um, for those who are disinclined to eat the jambalaya, she also makes a big pot of vegetarian chili, which I didn't try but I understand to be very, very excellent. Uh, they have a, a, a sort of buffet of all sorts of spicy condiments that you can add to this. Uh, we also had some salad and some chips and uh, a whole bunch of desserts. If you wanted pies or cookies or muffins or you name it, there's all kinds of good desserts. So uh, the jambalaya feast at Camp Bacon is always great, and uh, Leslie and her team really outdid themselves this year. Um, big crowd we had, must have had, I didn't count heads, but just thinking about it, uh, certainly 50, maybe as many as 70 people. It was a big crowd. It was quite a thing. Earlier in the day, I uh, mentioned how I, I met with uh, Charlie Becker. Um, Charlie is a, a longtime good friend of this podcast. Uh, he uh, was one of the two people instrumental in the legendary episode 200 uh, beer bus thing, which spawned the tie-down party. And uh, um, he's just been a friend to us, giving us advice, giving us support, helping us with resources. Um, a terrific friend. He's also uh, a, an incredible asset to EAA, um, where he wears a lot of different hats and does a lot of great things. As I mentioned earlier, he truly is the epitome of what EAA is all about, if you ask me. Um, we spoke for a few minutes about some of the things that are going on. Um, Charlie, by the way, is the uh, director for chapters and home building at EAA. And here's that conversation. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. <laughs> what, are they, what are they saying? They're saying the wait is over. Yes, that's kind of our tagline. The, the wait is over. How does it feel to be back? Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, you know, I felt extremely cheated last year by not having the fly-in. I mean, I live in Wisconsin to work at EAA, and a big part of, of what I get out of working at EAA is the convention, the fly-in. Mm -hmm. And without that, I, I was just like, wow, I live in Wisconsin. I get a bunch of winter and no fly-in. <laughs> the worst of, I don't know, not the worst of both worlds, yeah. but yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, wandering around is sort of a mostly an attendee, it seems like it's big this year. What, what's it from your perspective? Well, I don't have anything official. I do know the last thing I heard was on Friday night, we were at 290 home builds uh, on the field versus 233 in 2019, and 2019 was an all-time high as well. And I just saw a graph, I didn't actually see the numbers, where our home-built camping is up tremendously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what's going on in the home-built world these days? Oh, lots of stuff going on. Now, I haven't heard of any announcements yet, but we've just got some great aircraft on display. You know, two years ago was the first time where we kind of relocated the home-built uh, kit manufacturers to the kind of between the flight line, the workshops, and the forums, and that's turned out really good. We added the home-built and review stand. That's been great addition. So it's just, it's really happening in place these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about you personally? How's your Cub doing? Uh, good. I ended up buying a wing kit from Javron. Got the flaps and ailerons built, and I'm just now finishing the left wing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, 
every time I talk to someone who's home building, I, I, it's like you don't ask them when it's going to be done. But when's it going to be done? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that you know, I, I I would like to get it done. I mean, it's not like this is supposed to be a forever project. Uh, you know, but I already know I'll start another one the minute I get this one done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's no real hurry to get it done. Another another piece of your turf is chapters. What's going on in chapters these days? Uh, lots lots going on in the world of chapters. Obviously, they're all starting to bust out of the you know the fog, so to speak. You know, we're finally getting some young eagles flowing again. I mean, last year, as you could imagine, was a crushing year for both chapters and young eagles, and and now they're largely starting to, you know. Fundamentally, a chapter is a group of local aviators that you know people that love aviation. And you know, yes, we there was a lot of chapters, and my my chapter included. We did you know Zoom go to meeting that kind of stuff. But you know, it's just it's just not that satisfying. Mm-hmm. And chapters are there to to actually you know help each other, interact with each other, support each other. Um, do the good things for the local aviation community, and that was really hard to do last year. But this year, everything's looking up. We're flying young eels again. In fact, we're offering double young eel credits for June, July, and August as a little bit of an incentive to help them get going again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I talk to a lot of people who are EA members but not involved with chapters, and, and I urge them to become. I've been off and on involved. I'm not currently involved with a chapter, but I've been involved with a regular chapter. I've been involved with a vintage chapter. Um, and it's great. I love it. And I, I point people in that direction. But if if an EA member is not involved with chapters, why? Why why should they be? Uh, why should they be? First of all, it's a, it's a great group of people. And I know you're sitting there going, well, I don't need more friends. I got my friends. But these are aviation people that, you know, when you, you know, you can, you can talk aviation to. Like, for example... My wife is very supportive of what I do in aviation, but it's not her bag, you know, so I don't really get to do much of that at home. Uh, So I just have made some tremendous friendships over the years and had a lot of technical support that I've received through through chapters. You know, one of the guys that I got to know when I was out in Washington, D.C. area in Chapter 186 I mean, he is still my go-to technical reference for when I have any issues on my uh, my J3 Cub, my Wag Arrow Cubby. Uh, you know, and it's just from the friendship that we made. But there's ter- tremendous resources, moral support, um, you know, just great people and activities. There's a lot of activities that are put on by chapters. You know, I, the world of aviation would be a, uh, a dismal place if we didn't have chapters holding pancake breakfasts and, you know, poker runs and... You know, having their educational meetings every month. Mm-hmm. Now, there there are different. I don't know how to characterize it. Different flavor chapters. There's regular chapters. There's vintage chapters. There's warbird. I guess they don't call them chapters, right? They call them squadrons or something yeah. like that. How how would uh, an EA member choose which flavor they wanted to get involved with? Well, the vast majority of the chapters are EA chapters. They're you know, kind of like the proportion of EA members it dwarfs the divisional memberships, but. If you have a real burning desire for warbirds, then a warbird chapter would definitely be the right place. But most chapters are very accommodating to all, you know, all interests of aviation. Um, we do have some specialized ones, like you said, you know, vintage air, you know, vintage aircraft, ultralights, warbird squadrons, um, aerobatic clubs, uh, which are probably the most distinct because they support aerobatic competitions and they have some extra, so they do some things around that that's, that's unique. But I would generally suggest just looking for your, you know, 
the two chap two three chapters in your local area go try them on for size uh each chapter gets to define their own mission they all kind of stay within the general parameters that we set out for eaa but some of them are a little bit more focused on you know building your own aircraft and supporting that some are more young eagles and youth oriented you know some do all of the above some have imc clubs some don't some have vmc clubs some don't you know but they get to kind of be they they you know we, we sometimes talk in the way like oh they're all kind of ea chapters but they all have their own personality yeah and so i know there's a, there's a locator thing on the website you can find out where your nearest chapters are to where you live sometimes people are actually intimidated by the process of they just show up just, just find up. out find out when the meeting is and just show up just, on. yep you might want to call and confirm especially in these days but ea.org slash find a chapter will give you the the locator you put your zip code in and it'll spit it out by either you know state or zip code distance and i'd encourage you to try a couple different you know ones i mean when i moved to washington dc i went to two different chapters based on those interactions i chose one of them and it was a great experience yeah, that's great so we talked about home builders, we talked about chapters. That's that's your turf these days. Yep. Yeah. Also, uh, Young Eagles. Young Eagles, we talked about that a bit. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anything else we should know about uh, this year? What's going on or what you want to talk about? Well, I mainly want to just say a big thank you to everybody for showing up here this year. You know, this is our pancake breakfast on steroids. It is a fundraiser as well as an educational, you know, opportunity. But it was great to see everybody back. Our volunteers have come back strong. So, you know, we're doing great. And everyone just seems to be enjoying themselves, which is the best part. I think everyone's a little more appreciative, realizing that, you you know, you just assume it's going to be there every year. Right. And then you have a year that you don't. And you're like, huh. So I think we're going to see a really big turnout. That's great. It was really great talking with Charlie. It always is. And uh, I'm glad things are going so well for him. Um, that's it for today. Uh, it was a really long day. I'm pretty worn out, but uh, so I'm going to sit down and drink a beer now. Um, this is the UCAP Daily, episode 1033, Bravo, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.